0: Vic Forbes did not look like a villain. His face was lean, his nose pinched, too long at the bridge. He was bald, save for some slight gray at the temples. Maggie put his age at around 50. Forbes batted away a series of questions, as if he'd been doing this all his life. Describing himself as a researcher, he insisted he was aligned with no party and no faction. I am a truth teller. If you will, he said. I had this information, this truth, and I felt guilty that I wasn't sharing it with the American people. I believe they have a right to know who their president really is. But how did you get it? the interviewer asked. Surely the American people have a right to know that too, don't they? Maggie felt her fist clench involuntarily. Come on, Natalie. Would you reveal your sources if your network had broken a story like this without my help? Of course you wouldn't. And nor would anyone ask you. That's a basic principle of journalism. Yeah, but you're not a journalist, are you, you scumbag bastard? Stewart hurled an empty styrofoam cup at the TV. Stewart's phone rang. He stabbed at it, putting it on speaker. "Hey, Zoe, what do you got?" We think the person who sent that message to Katie Baker's Facebook page was white, male, extremely adept with computer technology, and from New Orleans, Louisiana, sir. He hung up, shooting one eye at Maggie, the other on the TV. So, Stu, he's the same guy, right? Confirmed, Goldstein said, staring at the screen. How come this guy is so good? He looks like shit, he's sweating, but he's impressive. He's careful. He's like a goddamn politician. Without taking his eye off the screen, he reached for the remote and hit pause. He rewound and watched the last minute again. What are you looking for? Maggie asked. I don't know, he murmured. But I'll know it when I see it. On this second viewing, Goldstein was not listening. He was looking. And now he saw what he had glimpsed so fleetingly. Maggie could see it, too. A movement of the eye, still looking at the camera, but no longer as if trying to meet the gaze of the unseen interviewer. He was instead looking into the audience. More than that, he seemed to be addressing someone specific. The president should know I'm serious. Goldstein hit pause once more, freezing Vic Forbes at the moment he lifted his eyes, the signal that he was speaking to an audience of one. The president should know I'm serious. Deadly serious. For the third time in two days, Maggie was in the White House residence. The president wasn't pacing this time. His exterior, at least, was calm. He had chosen one of the upright wooden chairs. Five of them had been called here. Goldstein, her, Tara MacDonald, Doug Sanchez, and Larry Katzman, the pollster. Thank you for coming. Baker said steadily. This is not a White House meeting. You'll notice my chief of staff is not here. This is a discussion among my campaign team. Old friends. He attempted a smile. Some of you work in the White House, some don't. Maggie stared at her feet. I need your advice, he went on. This presidency is under assault. Stuart, remind us what we know. Thank you, Mr. President. Stuart Goldstein moved to the edge of the sofa so he could have eye contact with everyone in the room. Vic Forbes from New Orleans supplied MSNBC with two stories in the course of little more than a single news cycle. Both were calculated to cause maximum damage and both required deep investigative skills or inside knowledge. Maggie saw Tara MacDonald shift in her seat. At the same time, he has made indirect but personal contact with the White House. Last night, someone posing as a friend of Katie Baker's sent her a message via Facebook. There was a gasp. This message effectively claimed responsibility for both the first MSNBC story and, in advance, the second. He said it would come in the morning, and it did. The next one comes tomorrow morning. And if that doesn't smash his pretty little head into a thousand pieces, I promise you this, the one after that will. Make no mistake, I mean to destroy him. Tara Macdonald suddenly looked like an angry and protective matriarch. That poor child. In an instant, the fury that had been brewing inside the White House ever since the psychiatrist story first broke, had a focus, loathing for this man, who had dared to prey on a child. Stewart continued. Secret Service traced the communication to a house in Bethesda. The computer was there, but not the person. The machine was a dumb terminal being operated remotely from New Orleans. So he's the same guy, Forbes? Sanchez said. Yep. Stewart held up a fleshy finger. There's one more thing. Agent Galfano did some extra probing based on the computer IP address in New Orleans. She examined the data records of the so-called liberal blogger, who so ingeniously hacked into MSNBC's emails, thereby revealing their source. Tara MacDonald shook her head. Don't tell me. New Orleans. Yep. Forbes. Sanchez whistled. The guy outed himself. A noise like a door opening out on a snowstorm came through the room, the sound of Stuart Goldstein sighing. Seems so. Sanchez crinkled his forehead. Why the fuck would he do that? Now Maggie spoke. So that we'd listen to him. He knew that we'd trace his message to Katie. He wanted to be certain that once we'd found him, we'd know he was for real. Stuart came in behind her. First rule of blackmail. It's not enough to have the goods. Your target has to know you've got the goods. Tara MacDonald had heard enough. I want to be clear. Are we discussing negotiating with a blackmailer? Because that's a world of pain. Do we really think that if we talk to him, it could stay secret? Uh-uh. Sanchez fiddled with his watch. Doesn't it depend on what the guy might have? Maggie felt the air suck out of the room. You had to admire the bowls of the guy, but there was only one person who could answer that question, and you didn't want to be the one to ask him. There was, to everyone's relief, a knock on the door. A butler. Sir, I have an urgent note from the press office for Mrs. MacDonald. Baker beckoned the man forward. She read rapidly. Forbes has just released a statement. It reads as follows. I want to make clear that the further information I hold on Stephen Baker does not relate to the way his campaign was funded, nor to the state of his health. It's about an aspect of his past that will shock many Americans, an aspect that the President has not shared with the nation, one that he may not even have shared with his own family. No one could bring themselves to look at the President. Maggie could see that Stuart Goldstein's embarrassment was compounded by something that shook him much more, political panic. Here was a committed assassin, somehow armed with weapons-grade dirt, determined to destroy Baker. How much more could this new presidency take? Her voice dry, Tara spoke again. There's one last paragraph. I do not plan on providing the full details today. I just wanted the American people to be aware that I have them. I wanted everyone following this story, especially those following it real close, to know I have them. Vic Forbes was using a combination of live television and the Internet to present a blackmail demand to the President of the United States. Stewart did not let the silence linger. Like I said, this is an attempt to destroy the President. Ideas for what we should do, people. Tara MacDonald spoke first. We do a letterman. Go to the police and then go on TV. Expose Forbes for what he is, a cheap scumbag felon. Larry Katzman, the pollster, piped up. I worry about that. Initial response can be positive, but once you go public with something like this, it kinda gives people free rein. They can say what the hell they like about you, added Sanchez. Makes it legitimate. David Letterman could only make his move because he fessed up to whatever the blackmailer had, got in his retaliation first. In other words, the critical variable is the nature of the allegations. Katzman's voice trailed off. Stewart stepped in. We don't know what Forbes knows and we need to. We need to be inside Vic Forbes' head. Whatever he has. But he didn't get to finish his sentence. The cool, steady, unflappable Stephen Baker slammed his fist onto the table and raised his voice, something his team had never seen or heard before. Vic Forbes. Vic Forbes. I don't want to hear that man's name again. Do you understand me? I want him gone.